You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Dane Martinez. You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. The Spitting Statistician. And you are listening live to the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. As always, I want to give a shout-out to our sports byline affiliates around the country and to the service men and women out there listening on the American Forces Radio Network. Looking to get a little taste of home from your boy, Speeds, The Spitting Statistician, as we help you win your leagues and win that cash. For the first time in a while, I got my man, the love doctor, Donnie Burns back with me on the ones and twos, keeping it so hot that we sweat steam. And we got a good show for you here on a Monday. As usual, I'm going to be giving you my starting lineup in Major League Baseball. I'm going to tell you how I hit over the weekend with some starters and what starters you need to play tonight. Uh, I don't know if you just heard on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, but I was in for Tony Sincata on DFS Lineup Locks. So I got a couple of other stacks for you as well. My man Benny Ricciardi helped me do that. We're also going to go into my team-by-team preview for the NFL. You know we've been doing that. We covered the NFC West last week. This week, we are going to go to the AFC North, and we are starting with the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about Marvin Lewis and the Red Rifle and their prospects this year. We're also going to get into the mind of Derek Carr. He, the $125 million man. We have some audio from him to share. And also, listen, Donnie hasn't been here, but We have been doing the sports movie Greatest of All Time Tournament. We are going to keep track of that. Um, Big shout out to my men Chris Bavona and Pete Considori that held a couple of matchups over the weekend on their show, The Producers. We're going to update the brackets, but... Listen, as usual, if you want to get at me this weekend, you can at 844-843-6879. And you can check us out on Twitter, at FNTSY Radio. You could always follow me, ask me questions, at Spittin' Speeds. We got some poll questions up. We're asking you what you think about the Cincinnati Bengals season. And we also got those movie matchups in the baseball region. We got Bad News Bears versus Mr. 3000. And we also want to find out, uh, out of these basketball movies, Hoosiers? Or semi-pro, which will be moving on. Will the recency bias that have been happening so far, will it hold true? The love doctor, Donnie Burns, and Speeds, the spitting statistician, here on a Monday on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Freestyle, come on right back. Let's go. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your boy, Dane Martinez, Speeds, the spitting statistician, holding you down. And I got my boy, Donnie Burns, with me on the ones and twos. Back after a little bit of a break, we had the night owl in for it a bunch last week. But Donnie Burns is back. He is 100% and he is ready to be so hot that we sweat steam. Let's get into our starting lineup and we start with news and notes from around Major League Baseball. Listen, dynasty owners, season-long owners, fans of the Los Angeles 
Dodgers. This is bad news for us that broke over the weekend. Didn't have a chance to explain it to you guys. Starting pitcher Julio Urias, the stud who has been the prize jewel of the Dodgers form system for a while. He is going to have surgery on his shoulder and miss the next 12 to 14 months. The question is, if you have him in a dynasty league, do you hold him because you think he'll be back for the second half of next year? As I reported at the top of the show, if you listen to the news update at the top of the hour, the Washington Nationals have signed K-Rod Francisco Rodriguez. Listen, I have been telling you guys for a while that the Nationals were in the market for a closer. I told you they were looking at people like Brad Hand. I told you they were looking at people like David Robertson and others. Pat Neshack, for example. Maybe K-Rod is the guy. They signed him to a minor league contract, but listen... He's going to be up with the big club right away. This very much hurts guys like Coda Glover, Sean Kelly, and others that they have been using in the revolving door in that role. The Yankees made a couple of roster moves today as well. Aaron Hicks, who has been hot, has been moved to the 10-day DL because of that oblique issue he has. But he will be replaced by returning Jacoby Ellsbury. Ellsbury coming back off the concussion DL today. Madison Bumgarner is starting to have rehab starts. Okay, He was very strong in his first rehab start he went three no hit innings but the issue is his fastball has to be still built back up he was sitting between 88 and 91 miles an hour we also have some people returning from the DL this week the Indians have activated Michael Brantley from the DL remember he was on paternity leave then had an ankle issue he's back on the active roster but is not in the starting lineup tonight for the Indians Uh, Carlos Gonzalez breaking news he is also going to the DL for the Colorado Rockies. He has a shoulder injury as well. Last piece I'll give you. Later on this week, you could expect the debut this season of Carlos Rodon. Been battling a bicep injury. Finally going to come back for the Chai Sox to debut against the Yankees on Wednesday. That is going to be a very interesting start. Rodon might be another guy who could be uh, pursued by teams at the trading deadline. All right. Let's go into the starting lineup here. I gave you guys all weekend long, and if you listen to me, you probably made a little bit of cash. On Friday, I told you that Archer and Stroudsburg were probably the chalk because they were the most expensive, but I gave you a guy to to beat him with, and hopefully you listen to me because Stroudsburg did not have a good outing on Friday. He gave up five runs in five innings. That's not what you want to see. Archer also gave up four runs. He did go seven, struck out only four, got a win, but I told you that the guy to go with was Alex Wood. I told you Alex Wood had been hot. I told you Alex Wood has been on fire since late April, had won six of his last seven starts. Now you can make that seven out of eight. I told you that he had struck out 58 guys in his last 48 innings. Well, he kept that pace up going six innings and striking out seven, only giving up one run as the Dodgers won six to one on Friday night. On Saturday, listen, I told you it was ace day and there was some chalk and boy did they continue to perform. Corey Kluber, seven shutout innings with 13 Ks. I was on that. I also, Clayton Kershaw, obviously he had six shutout innings, struck out eight as the Dodgers won four nothing. Guys, I told you though, that could be interesting. I told you that Garrett Cole has been better recently. He went six innings, giving up only one run, striking out five as the Pirates beat the Cardinals seven to three. Also, Garrett Cole, 
maybe pitching for his next team. Okay, he's a guy who was probably on the trade block and may move in the next month. I also told you that I liked Lance McCullers and his return from the DL against Seattle. He only went five, but did strike out eight, only giving up a run as the Astros won on Saturday, five to two. And then... Listen, I've been saying it all season long. My man Robbie Ray went on Saturday. He didn't have the strikeouts that he usually does. Surprising because he was facing the Phillies, not a lineup that scares you. He did, however, go six and a third, gave up only two, struck out five as the Diamondbacks won on Saturday, nine to two. Yesterday... Listen, I didn't know Brad Peacock's wife was going to have a kid. Okay, I told you that Brad Peacock was someone with swing and miss stuff and that he was getting stretched out going longer and longer. I thought he might have gone six innings, but instead, no one went six innings for the Astros on Sunday. They played it as a bullpen game. It ultimately worked for them, but... A, it wasn't Brad Peacock. His start has been pushed back, but we do want to hear at the Fantasy Freestyle congratulate him on the birth of a child tonight. And if you will listen to DFS Lineup Lock, you know there is not many places to go. It is only a six-game slate, and you got two big-time matchups. You got Burials versus Sale in Boston, and then you got Hamels versus Carrasco in Cleveland. Those are the guys that are highest up on the board, 9,600, 11,700 for sale, and both Hamels and Carrasco are over 9,000. I say there are places you can go. I wouldn't mind a guy like Jeff Samarja or Herman Marquez, okay? That game that's happening in San Francisco tonight, I would rather go there for my starters as opposed to these games in uh, Boston or in Cleveland. But hey, that's just me. I do want to bring up, though, one extra point that was a story from over the weekend that I think is interesting. Because, you know, here we talk about everything, not only how to help you win that cash, but also the news and notes that are out there. I found this situation with um, Roberto Ozuna very, very interesting and all, even more interesting because healthcare is in the news right now. As you know, when we talk about the potential to repeal and replace, you know, we talk about these different things that are pre-existing conditions and blah, blah, blah. And we also talk about mental health. And Roberto Ozuna was, in essence, unavailable over the weekend, okay? The Blue Jays actually blew a save in a 5-4 loss to Kansas City on Friday. Manager John Gibbons came out and said that Ozuna is not feeling well and, quote-unquote, that's all you need to know. Then later on this week, Ozuna, uh, over the weekend, Ozuna come, came out and said the following. I don't really know how to explain it. I just feel anxious. I feel like I'm lost a little bit right now. This has nothing to do with me being on the field. I feel great out there. It's just when I'm out of baseball, when I'm not on the field, I feel weird and a little bit lost. Ozuna has been doing it, okay? He saved 19 out of 22 save opportunities, 248 ERA, a a .76 whip. This guy has 37 strikeouts and only three walks and 29 innings. He is performing as you would would expect him to but I find it very interesting that he's got something else going on so my question is this do we respect this in the sports world I mean my man clearly has some anxiety going on me Speeds, the spitting statistician I mentioned it with Zach Greinke who got his ninth win of the season today all the time he had bouts with anxiety it sounds like Ozuna is as well and here's the thing We have the 10-day DL right now, right? We also have the 7-day concussion DL. And so let me ask you, because I know how teams need the roster spots. I've been talking about how the Dodgers are manipulating roster spots and sending people up and down because they want to have, in essence, a 7-man rotation. Do you think it's time 
for us to have a different kind of designation for something like this. Listen, if people have brain injuries or are on the concussion DL, that is something different. Should there be a spot where we, in fact, respect the mental health of baseball players out there right now? I personally think it is because it's hard, especially in the sports world, when you have a guy who, you know, quite frankly, is brave enough to come forward and say something like this, that he feels anxious, that he's lost. I think that professional sports, and in this case, Major League Baseball, need to recognize this, wrap their arms around this, and not make it hard for a player to declare something like this or for a team to manage the roster in order to support a player going through about something like this. Now, I don't want it to get to a point where you could just you know, put someone in a different designation because, oh, they're feeling a little bad, but this seems to be legit. And uh, so here at the Fantasy Freestyle, I just wanted to say out there, we're behind you, Roberto Ozuna. We hope that you know you are able to work through whatever it is, not just so you could get back on the field and support these fantasy stats, right? But so that you are actually, you know, you know what they say, uh, you can't help anybody until you help yourself first. So hopefully Roto Ozuna is okay, and hopefully the Blue Jays and Gibbons continue to treat this appropriately. When we come back here, though, we're going to give our team-by-team preview. We're going into the Cincinnati Bengals, and I got a lot of stuff to talk about with my man Donnie Burns. It's been a while, so come on back. Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez, speeds the spitting statistician in with my man Donnie Burns on the one and two, the love doctor. As we get into the cipher here, let's kick it off our NFL time of day. Remember, this is like a dark period really in the NFL. So like I said, the news and notes are going to be short and there's going to be a lot of these greatest shape of his life stories. If you listen to the Fantasy Freestyle, you know I have been talking about that for a couple of weeks. And we're going to get into the Cincinnati Bengals, so I want to remind you, at FNTSY Radio on Twitter right now, at Spittin' Speeds. We got a poll question up asking you what you think about the Cincinnati Bengals. The overall win total for them this season is at 8.5. Do you think the Bengals are going to be better than that, worse than that, contending, 500, a threat to pick high in the draft next year? Let us know, at FNTSY Radio and at Spittin' Speeds on Twitter. We got that poll question up there for you right now. I also want to let you know that... um, Panthers quarterback Cam Newton has started throwing again, okay? He is starting, remember, he had that surgery on his shoulder. They're going to push him very slowly, but they're saying that he looks good and he will be ready for the start of actual training camp. And I bring this up because remember, last week we heard Andrew Luck, who also had surgery around the same time. He is still not ready just yet, and there is a little concern for Andrew Luck. It's good for Panthers fans to hear that for Cam Newton, no such issue seems to be the case. Also, quarterback news in Denver. They are saying, reports out there are saying that now Paxton Lynch has closed the gap on Trevor Simeon in OTAs. This is going to be one of the quarterback battles in the NFL that we need to definitely watch throughout the summer and into camp. Paxton Lynch or Trevor Simeon, I'm not sure who's going to be under center week one for the Broncos. Whoever it is, they'll have Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders to throw to, so it's important to keep an eye on that. And like I said, greatest shape of his life story. Out in Washington, head coach Jay Gruden says... Third-year wide receiver Jamison Crowder is, quote-unquote, an 
excellent, dynamic player and continues to prove every day why we like him so much. If you listen to the Fantasy Freestyle, ever since last football season, I've been telling you about Jamison Crowder, and I told you, especially in Dynasty Leagues, because I told you that Deshaun Jackson, I told you that Pierre Garçon would not be on the Washington football team this year, and that Jamison Crowder was going to get targets aplenty. Well, here you go, and Jay Gruden talking up Jamison Crowder, okay? So now, let me get into my team-by-team previews today. We're going after the Cincinnati Bengals, and here's what it comes down to. It comes down to, did they get the right kind of help for Andy Dalton? Here's what I mean about that. You may see their draft and be like, oh, they got the speedster John Ross. He of the 4.2240 time. And you may say, yo, that really helps the Cincinnati Bengals. That really helps a guy like A.J. Green. Then they turn around in the second draft. In the second round, they draft Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is a guy with a checkered pass who had a lot of baggage, but no one denies his talent on the football field, saying that he, some people thought he was the best running back skills-wise in the, in the draft this year. Yes, over Leonard Fournette. Yes, over Dalvin Cook. Yes, over Christian McCaffrey. So they have Mixon, they have Ross, but here's the thing on that offensive side of the ball. They lost two Pro Bowl caliber offensive lineman on the left side. They lost they lost uh, Whitworth and they lost their guard Brad Zeitler. I think that is a huge drawback for these Cincinnati Bengals that people are not talking about. Why? Because I don't have faith in Andy Dalton. I think remember all NFL teams, their cat, their quarterbacks fall in one of five categories. You are either in the searching category, the ascending category, the uninspiring category, the elite category, or the sunsetting category. My thesis has been the worst of those five is the uninspiring category. If you know you don't have a quarterback, you're going to be good faster than if you have one of these uninspiring quarterbacks. And to me, Andy Dalton is solidly in that category. Uh, my man Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, has him right at quarterback 18 for Andy Dalton. And I kind of agree. I would even say less. Andy Dalton is okay if he has a clean pocket. But when there is a rush in his face, Andy Dalton is prone to making mistakes. And I don't care if you got John Ross blowing the top off the defense. I don't care if you have a hobbled you know, Tyler Eifert. If he's getting pressure, Andy Dalton will make mistakes. So I think losing these two offensive linemen is going to prove very costly for the Cincinnati Bengals. We look into the backfield. Let me tell you something. They like Joe Mixon. I like Joe Mixon's skill set as well. I'm here to tell you this will be Joe Mixon's backfield by the end of the season. They, quite frankly, would not take the public relations risk on this guy unless if they thought he was a stud and going to be their running back for years to come. Already, They already have PR nonsense around guys like Pac-Man Jones, around guys like Vontez Perfect, okay? Why take on another one of these characters unless they think it is worth it in terms of the production? Clearly, Cincinnati 
Cincinnati does, I think it might be too. I think Joe Mixon is going to be a sneaky RB2 in many drafts, okay? Giovanni Bernard is fine if you have a PPR league. I think he will once again get 40 to 50 receptions this year. The issue is Jeremy Hill. Jeremy Hill's time has passed. He is the one who does not have a seat when the music stops. This is going to be Joe Mixon in early downs, and then when they're down or in passing situations or in the two-minute drill, it's going to be all Giovanni Bernard. If you have Jeremy Hill in a dynasty league, you can try and get something for him. Let's move to the uh, wide receivers, though. A.J. Green, I think, is going to have a monster season, and here's why. There are a few top five, top seven wideouts that had the other side of the field changing for them. I'm talking about a guy like Mike Evans, who has Deshaun Jackson now on the other side of the field. I'm talking about a guy like Odell Beckham, who now has Brandon Marshall on the other side of the field. In those situations, Deshaun Jackson, Brandon Marshall, I actually think that does a little bit of a hit to these elite wideout ones. For A.J. Green, not so much. While John Ross is going to help you in real football, how defenses have to scheme for him, getting A.J. Green more space. And you may say the same thing about Deshaun Jackson out there in Tampa. But A.J. Green is going to be a target monster. My man Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, has A.J. Green as his wide receiver number five. I'm telling you, I think A.J. Green, when all is said and done, is going to be in the top three this year in production. I think he could be ahead of a guy like T.Y. Hilton. Like I said, I think Mike Evans and Odell, you're never sure how the guys like Deshaun Jackson and Brandon Marshall are going to change it. Will they impact any red zone targets, things like that? like that AJ Green is not having his targets impacted trust me AJ Green goes back to being at the top of the heap I think he can be a top three wide receiver this year if you are drafting 11 or 12 in your league in the first round go get yourself AJ Green John Ross is going to have a game or two where he has five catches for 167 yards and two touchdowns. That's going to happen. He's going to be good for best ball, in my opinion, but let me tell you something. A.J. Green, trust it. He's a first-round draft pick. He's a wide-out one. I think he could be in the top three to four this year in terms of production. At the tight end side, listen, Tyler Eifert, like, remember two years ago when he had that incredible like double-digit touchdowns, but he has been injured ever since. Unfortunately, it came in the Pro Bowl, if you remember. He is right now nursing an injury. Corey Parson has him as tight end number nine. He will not be on many of my teams. When I'm in that range right there, tight end eight, nine, ten, eleven, something like that, I would rather have the black unicorn, Martellus Bennett, in Green Bay. I would rather have Zach Ertz getting comfortable with Carson Wentz in Philly. I am not going to take a chance on Eifert and his injury history this year. He may wind up with, you know, seven, eight touchdowns. He may be healthy. When I'm going to get a tight end in that mid-range, you know, in that second tier, it will not be Eifert. It will be someone who I could run out there every week and feel is a solid floor. I don't want to have to have him stashed on my bench for half the season with a little red D or Q next to his name, okay? Like I said, A.J. Green is my diamond. My Fugazi to forget about is Jeremy Hill for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now let's look at their season. Let's look at their schedule, and let's look at what Vegas says. Vegas says, like I mentioned before, that the over-under for their win total is 8.5, okay? They play... The AFC South 
this year, and I like, I've been telling you, I think that AFC South is on the come up, okay? I like what Houston's doing. I like what Tennessee is doing. I like what Indy is doing. I think all three of those teams are better than Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is on the downswing. I think Marvin Lewis's voice is stale. He's one of the longest tenured coaches in the NFL right now, and I'm telling you, Andy Dalton is nothing special. His uninspiring QB play is going to take a hit now that the offensive line is not there. And remember, Hugh Jackson, the quarterback whisperer, is not there for him anymore either. Let me tell you the one thing I do like. They play the NFC North as the NFC division. They have to go to Lambeau Field in Green Bay, but it's in week three in September when it's still nice out. And these other games they have against NFC North opponents, they happen weeks 14, 15, and 16, with two of them being at home. I like seeing those interconference matchups, you know, on a random week 15, the Bengals at home against, say, the Lions or the Bears. That might be situations where they could win. However, I still believe that I take the under on the Cincinnati Bengals. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are a 7-9 and nine team this year. I think they are on the decline. They are not the team that I am going to ride with. I think you guys could actually make money fading the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they are the third worst team in that division, and there's a lot of teams that are ascending that are going to leapfrog the Cincinnati Bengals this year. When we come back, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get Donnie Burns' take on the Cincinnati Bengals, and then we're going to check you know in the nfl who's ascending look at the odds for the mvp one of those guys is Derek carr we, he of the 125 million dollars we're gonna hear from him what he's trying to be who he's trying to not be all that when we come back it's your boy dane martinez here on the fantasy freestyle on the award-winning fantasy sports radio network shout out to our sports byline affiliates around the country come on back let's go Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your boy, Dane Martinez, Speeds the Spitting Statistician, holding you down. Remember, if you want to get in touch with us during the Fantasy Freestyle, you can at 844-843-6879. You could also get at us on Twitter, at FNTSY Radio, also at Spittin' Speeds. So, you know, ask us questions, answer the polls. We'll help you We'll help you out. Right now, we got a poll up on the Cincinnati Bengals. The over-under for them is 8.5 for the season. You heard my take. I'm on the under. I think this is a team on the decline. I don't think Andy Dalton can sustain himself without a good offensive line. 54% of you pretty much agree with me. You say you also see the Bengals as a purgatory kind of 500 team. Let me bring in my man Donnie Burns, the love doctor. You guys haven't heard him on Fantasy Freestyle in a little while. Donnie, do you agree with the people and speeds that uh, the Bengals are pretty much just purgatory? Their window has sort of closed to be a playoff contender in the AFC? Yeah, I was actually just going to mention that. They need to focus more on getting past the first round of the playoffs. Right. Um, I really like what they did in the draft. Uh, drafting two very high octane players in uh john ross and joe mixon and i like what you your take on aj green being in the top three and i like it for those two specific reasons i know they did lose uh offensive linemen but these defenses are gonna have to stay on their toes with joe mixon because not a lot of people know he can catch the ball out of the backfield as well not to the effect of uh curtis samuel or uh christian mccaffrey but he can catch the ball and you have john ross trying to take the top off the d every chance he gets so i liked aj to be a target monster this year and you know i even drafted him number one at uh, pick 10 in one of my nffc's so 
Okay. I really like him this year. So. Yeah, I like A.J. Green big time as well. And listen, some fantasy football players are focusing on their drafts later on this summer. You, however, you know the first step of building a fantasy football champion is to be early with it and pick the squad at rotoexperts.com. Get the exclusive edge fantasy football package. The Roto Experts lineup has FSWA inaugural Hall of Famer Scott Angle, nationally acclaimed top ranker Jake Seeley, 2015 and 16 award winners Bobby McMahon and Brandon Murchison, and depth and upside out of my guys like Frank Stan. We bring you a draft package bursting with all-pro analysis and in-season coverage that will take you to the chip. So get the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package at rotoexperts.com and be sure to enter promo code FREERADIO at checkout for your special discount. Hey, Donnie Burns, another thing that's happened since, you know, since you've been gone, you shouldn't have left me without a dope beat to step to, but uh, Derek Carr has signed a five-year $125 million extension extension you know with the Los Angeles Oakland Las Vegas Raiders and he uh he had something to say about it how you know regardless now that he's got his money he doesn't have to be the man he doesn't care how he gets it done as long as the Raiders you know wind up on top as a team when the final gun goes off listen to what Derek Carr had to say at his press conference number one goal is that I make sure that I give everything I have to this organization so uh there's no pressure there's no you know, we'll be on the one-yard line, and I won't give it to Marshawn. I'll throw it. You know, it's not none of that stuff. I don't care about the stats. <laughs> you know, I don't. Uh, that's not my number one objective. I don't care if I throw ten touchdowns next year. If we win every game, that's all I care about. Hey, yo, Donnie, did you hear that subtle dig right there at my man Dangerous Wilson? I did, and I don't disagree. Okay, so let, let me, let's get into this now, because all of a sudden, now that, you know, my man is flossing with his millions of dollars, it used to be whose heir was this? It was Russell Wilson's. Maybe it's Derek Carr's heir out there on the West Coast right now. The other thing, remember, beast mode. Marshawn Lynch signed with the Raiders in the offseason. And remember, Lynch and Russell Wilson never got along. There was rumors that that locker room was divided. What do you think about Derek Carr as a young quarterback here pretty much trying to build and ingratiate himself with Marshawn Lynch very early to make sure there's no fissures in the locker room. What do you think about that move there by Derek Carr? I kind of like it because if you watch a lot of his interviews, he plays very well to the media and to coaches alike. A lot of coaches really like him. He's kind of that you know, good boy, kind of could say anything. So that was pretty funny you know, for us analysts that kind of listening to things. I thought that was pretty funny. No doubt, no doubt. You mentioned that he has that good image to be the, the kind of face of a franchise, right? And he's also at the quarterback position. That takes me to the odds for the most valuable player coming up for this NFL season, okay? Those odds are out, and your odds-on favorite right now is Tom Brady at 4-1. to one. Then you have some other quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers at 7-1. to one. Derek Carr is the third choice in Vegas to be the MVP of the league at 9 to one. Then I'm surprised your next choice is actually a tie between Ben Roethlisberger and Dak Prescott at 10 to one. Then you got guys like Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Cam Newton, and Andrew Luck going down there. Let me tell you something. The way I look at it is this. First of all, you're never going to get Speeds, the spitting statistician, to tell you that there's value in taking Tom Brady as the MVP, even though I think the Patriots are going to roll to a 14, 15, maybe even 16-win season. We'll get to that a little bit later on. The thing I think about, as you got to look at, is who is going to be the quarterback 
of the teams in the AFC and the NFC that get that first round by, you know, those one and two seeds, whoever's the quarterback of those teams, I think are viable options at value to beat Tom Brady and the Patriots in this kind of prop bet. So that's why I like Aaron Rodgers at 7-1, and I like Russell Wilson at 12-1. I think those are the teams that are going to have the buys in the NFC as we move along. And in the AFC, there's no reason why it won't be the Raiders at 9-1. Donnie Burns, I say this is all quarterbacks. There are some running backs out here. Okay, you got Zeke Elliott at 20-1. You got David Johnson at 33-1. Do you have anybody you think that could be off the beaten path that we need to look at potentially to be an MVP candidate this year? Well, in terms of running back, I, I'm pretty sure we haven't even talked about Le'Veon Bell. I'm not even sure if he's on that. And that's the thing I was going to get to. Le'Veon Bell is not even on the board in Las Vegas. We go down to things like 100-1 to 1 for DeMarco Murray, LaShawn McCoy, Marshawn Lynch, and other running backs, okay? We talk about, you know, Adrian Peterson is on the board, but Le'Veon Bell is not. Do you think that means they're assuming that he's going to get suspended or something like this? Where do you think this comes I, from? I don't think that that's that because they— they wouldn't have Big Ben so high. Like right. we, we were talking about before, in order for Big Ben to win the MVP, you need all three of those guys. So that wouldn't hold true if that's how they thought because Big Ben is so high on that list. So I'm not really sure why they left him out like that. Yeah, I agree with you. Maybe they missed the boat on that one. I mean, they got defensive players in here. J.J. Watt at 66-1. to Von Miller at 100-1. to And here's the other thing. If you want to fade, if you want to be off the beaten path, at 66 to 1 for the NFL MVP, Jameis Winston. At 66 to 1, if you want to put a couple of shekels on that, I'm going to tell you right now, it's better value than a quarterback that's at 50 to 1, who's Sam Bradford. I don't know what they're talking about here. I am not betting on Sam Bradford at 50 to 1, but you may see me throw a couple of bucks on uh, Jameis Winston. At 66 to 1, but I think you're absolutely right. No Le'Veon Bell is kind of surprising to me. Hey, Donnie Burns, though, I missed you last week because it was big things in the NBA, right? Big things in the NBA. We had the draft. We had the start of the big three league as well. I want to get your thoughts on the draft, but first... Are you aware, you know, here on Fantasy Freestyle, as we put the fun in functional sports radio, we have talked about how Twitter kind of is a bad thing for sports and sports families. Remember, like, uh, Dan Carpenter's wife talking about Richard Sherman. We, you know what Kate Upton said after Justin Verlander wasn't on the uh, Cy Young balloting. But check these out. Here are a few examples of tweets that were dug up right after the NBA draft, and I want to find out from you which you, one you think were the craziest. Okay, Donnie? So first... Oklahoma City Thunder, first-round draft pick guard, Terrence Ferguson. He had tweets last year after the Warriors came back on the Thunder from their 3-1 deficit with pictures of Klay Thompson being like, hey, uh, you guys, you know, you guys, I guess, missed the boat. Where y'all Thunder fans at now? And now he's on the Oklahoma City Thunder. If you're going to be drafted and potentially on an NBA team, you got to know you can't take a position in a fan way rooting against that. Right, Don? Yeah, Terrence 2K Ferguson. He was actually, I followed him in high school. He, uh-huh. uh, he didn't even go to college. He went, I think he went overseas to play. Um, I love how these guys get their, you know, their tweets dug up, though. It's just they have to know going to the draft that people are going exactly. to look. Exactly. So here's another one. Okay, Zach Collins, who was Incredible big man. Incredible incredible big man for the Zags. Did work in the national championship game. Check this out. So he's out west, right, in Gonzaga, blah, blah, blah. When he was a kid, he tweeted, 
that the Portland Trailblazers would draft him with their 10th overall pick. You know what happened on uh, Thursday night? I do. The Portland Trailblazers drafted him with the 11th overall pick. So, I mean, maybe my man is a little clairvoyant. What do you think about that, That Donnie? was pretty cool. He that's was right like upon a, it, That's right? like a feel-good story. Absolutely. Hey, talk about Could feeling good. Talk about feeling good. I got one more for you that I've been saving for last, and you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Dennis one. Smith Jr., uh, the number eight or nine pick, out, guard out of NC State. This guy... I'm gonna tell you what the I'm gonna tell you what the tweet was, and then I'm gonna tell you another little detail about it. Okay, Dennis Smith Jr. says that uh, everybody. Wait, let me get the exact tweet. I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to misquote him. Okay, he says everybody has God-given talents. Get ready for this, Donnie. Mine just so happens to be slanging this wood in my pants. Now, that, that has now, to be the best. Now, wait a second, though. I haven't even given you the kicker yet. This is a tweet from November of 2012, five years ago. My man Dennis Smith Jr. was 14 years old when he was tweeting that. Um, he has obviously since deleted that, but apparently his talent has been slinging this wood ever since he was a 14-year-old. Donnie, when you see that in the front office of a team that drafted him, is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's, I, I, I would say it's neither. Um, okay. Like you mentioned, he was a 15-year-old boy. Can you think back to when you were a 15-year-old boy? Thank goodness there was no Twitter exactly. back then. So, I mean, there are adults in that front office. So they understand, hey, this kid was about 14 years old when he said it. Uh, we would be remiss if we were not old enough to understand that. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yo, Donnie, um, on Thursday, we had a great time covering the uh, first hour of the NBA draft. I had my man Kevin Walsh and Sussmania, Greg Sussman here on the Fantasy Freestyle. And, you know, while we were on air, we had news of the Jimmy Butler deal going to Upset Minnesota. About that, okay, that's why I want to get at you about this. They they trade Jimmy Butler for Zach Levine, your boy Chris Dunn, and a pick that turns into be the finisher, uh, the cat from Arizona. Let me ask you something. Listen, Jimmy Butler, one of the best two-way players in the league, going going back to uh, reunite with Thibodeau, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins. Does this make uh, Minnesota a uh, you know a threat in the West? Of course it does, and that's you know it's essentially adding a vet. Uh, he would be a young vet, sure, because Jimmy Butler, but someone not, who knows how to yeah, be a exactly. professional, knows how to win, knows what he, to do. He can get that core going similar to what the Lakers are trying to do in using Lonzo Ball to facilitate their young players more. This is like getting a young vet to try to make this a Western Conference. You know, they could make a run for a seven or six seed this year. I mean, they haven't even been in the playoffs in a while. So now Let me ask you something else. Remember when that Boston trade broke and they went down to the number three spot? I told you that likely they were not going to go point guard because they had Isaiah Thomas and they were going to try and get someone who they liked at one. They were going to get him at three. It turns out to be Duke, Duke Wingman, Jason Tatum, and then later on, Ainge said that is who they wanted at one. You love that pick? Tell me why. Tell me why you love the Celtics right now. He was my favorite player in the draft. Not only did I think he was the best player but I thought it was a great fit for the Celtics mm-hmm. um, like I said you could move him and Jay Crowder he, who has a, a very very friendly contract so you can kind of do whatever with that but 
that's a good switch off, even if you don't want to start the kid. He's a fantastic player. And remember, I still believe that Gordon Hayward is going to wind up in Boston before the end of next month as well. So maybe the Celtics are actually going for it to be that team that is the threat to LeBron in the Eastern Conference. When we come back here on the Fantasy Freestyle, hey, Donnie, we got to preview our sports movie bracket real quick. I got two matchups. Want to hear your thoughts. Want to see what the people are voting. We'll check in on scores and votes. All that good stuff here on the Fantasy Freestyle here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I want to tell you real quick, if you've been listening for the last two hours, you heard me on DFS Lineup Lock. And if you listen to me, oh, you're feeling good right now. I told you Wilson Contreras was in the leadoff spot for Joe Madden. What did he do to start the game? He hit a leadoff home run, his eighth of the season, Contreras in the leadoff spot. I also told you that some lefties I would be okay with against Berrios was Mitch Moreland. What did he do? He has already hit his 12th home run of the year and the other thing I told you was that I was okay fading Carlos Carrasco and the Rangers have done a whole lot of that they are up 7-1 on the Indians right now in the top of the second inning Adrian Beltre with his fourth homer of the year Elvis Andrews has also gone yard with his eighth home run of the season coming up next here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network are my men Frankie Stanfield, Mikey Florio and the Fantasy Jesus Joe Galena here on on Fantasy First Look, one thing they're not going to be talking about, though, is my greatest sports movies of all time bracket. We got some matchups, so catch me at Spittin' Speeds on Twitter, at FNTSY Radio. Right now in the baseball region, we got Bad News Bears up against Mr. 3000. Can Bernie Mac, you know, get those hits back? George Kurtz, Matty Moe, I know you guys have been out there. Um figuring out which baseball movies you guys think are the best. And in the basketball region, we have the two-seeded Hoosiers up against the 15-seed Semi-Pro. Now, you may think that's a big-time, like, you know, uh, you know, not a good matchup, but Will Ferrell as a race car driver has already had the biggest upset in the tournament when Talladega Knights and Ricky Bobby and that sweet baby Jesus took out Mr. Miyagi and the Karate Kid. So maybe Will Ferrell has got a little something for all you guys out there on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Maybe that's just, you know, the kind of thing you're into. Like I said, though, whether it's sweet baby Jesus or the fantasy Jesus, Joe Galena, keep it locked here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network because we help you win your leagues and win that cash. For my boy Donnie Burns, the love doctor, who is back. Yo, he's looking suntan too. You guys got to check him out. I'm your boy Dane Martinez, Speeds, the spitting statistician. This is another episode of the Fantasy Freestyle here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And as always, thank you to our sports byline affiliates around the country and to the service men and women out there on the American Forces Radio Network winning their leagues and winning that cash. We'll be back tomorrow. Let's go, Speeds, the spitting statistician. Ah!